honour Pastor Corey as he comes. So let's, uh, let's all stand together and we're going to pray for this session, for our children and for uh, Pastor Corey. Father God, we thank you so much for what you're doing in our young people, in our children, in this community. We pray that you bless them, lead and guide them, let them come so closer to you in this next session. And I pray in Jesus' mighty name that you would speak through your servant, through your son, Pastor Corey. We bless him, we bless his family, we bless his church, and we're ready to receive everything that you have in Jesus' name. Amen. So why don't we clap for Pastor Corey as the kids go out. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. How is everyone? We're good? What a kind introduction. It's like you get introduced and you're like, who the heck are they talking about? I live with me. I know I'm not that good. My wife would tell you definitely I'm not that good. Uh, but hey, it is such an honour to be with you today. And um, I really consider it a privilege. Whenever, <clears throat> if ever you get an inv invite or opportunity to go and share, speak, minister anywhere, whatever size, capacity or platform, it is an absolute privilege to speak into people's lives and to, to share something of God's heart with people. I am really amped and excited to be here. And I just want to honour Liam and uh, Dean and the team for ha what is happening in this region and beyond and being willing to take steps of faith. Um, I, I really believe I'm not here to simply, you know, bring my best word that I preach around the place. I, I feel like there's a prophetic sense in, in me being here to speak into the time and the season that sanctuary is in. And I know some of us are from other churches and that you, you get to receive of this as well and eavesdrop in on what God's doing. But I do believe, I, I feel led tonight to preach on revival. But this morning, I've just as usual, the Holy Spirit interrupts what you're going to do and says change. But I woke up this morning in prayer and God led me to Ecclesiastes 3 and began to speak to me about times and seasons. And I really believe that something of what Andrew has just prophesied and, and shared with us as a, as a prophetic exhortation, one, I think, Andrew, you're prophesying over yourself as much as you're prophesying over us because I do believe of what God's about to do in your ministry, Andrew, and in your life. But I also believe that there are things that are going to shift in your life and in this church on this day. Something is irrevocably going to change. And, and before, I've I, got notes, but who, who knows whether we get to them. Um, my, my heart is to impart something. And I know we've come hungry and it's just been such an honour to sit in the presence of the Lord and just receive. And obviously I heard so much about last night and what Seth shared and, and what God's doing. And I believe, let's just get into the slipstream of the Spirit here and get in the drafting effect. Because something significant is on this house. Something significant is happening in this region. Something significant is, is upon Liam and Dean and the team. And you're a part of it, and you're imbibing of it. Father, I just thank you for Liam right now, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for this man of God. I thank you, Father, for the grace that you've placed upon his life. You've wrecked him, Lord. You've broken his heart for the things that break your heart. I believe the Lord is calling you to be an apostle to this region. 
There are nations and lands on your heart, but this region in particular is going to be like a well-watered garden. And the Lord has called you to be a Gideon to this region. And what starts as a few is going to turn into many. And the Lord showed me that in the next nine months, there is going to be this, uh, this uh, almost like you're pregnant with uh, not just a vision, but you're pregnant with a promise and a word for land. And we've been singing, we're going in. That isn't just spiritual and metaphorical. It's actually literal. The Lord showed me that he has a building, he has land for you. And he is going to give it to you. And the Lord said to me that in nine months' time, in the next nine months, there's going to be this development, this growth inside of this house and inside of you. But the Lord showed me in nine months' time that there's going to be an open doorway and an opening to land and to property. And the Lord says it is not going to be another church that opens its doors, but I'm going to give you almost like a, a secular uh, property, like a, 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 an unbeliever is going to extend grace and mercy and you're going to build a relationship with them and a door is going to open and the Lord is going to miraculously supply and provide all the provision you need to occupy that land and that territory. You are going in sanctuary. You're going into your own property. And the Lord showed me that there was a, a, a company a company in the army, and it's interesting, Andrew talks about, I'm, I'm a part of the Lord's army. A company is 250. The Lord showed me, I saw 500 people being drawn to this house and calling this church home. And I saw the boundary places, the boundary lines of this house spreading out to the left and to the right. And you'll say, the lines, the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. The hand of the Lord is upon you. And he has called you for such a time as this in this region. And I saw that there were those who would lap at the water's edge. And there were those who would kneel and cup with their hands. And the Lord says, I'm sending you the lappers. I'm sending you those who would jump into the river of my presence. I'm sending you those who are hungry. Even those who get saved and established in this house will be all in, all out. That, that, that it's, You can't be, you're either. You can't be one foot in, one foot out in this house. You're either all in or you're all out. And the Lord says, I'm sending you those who are all in. And they're gonna, people are going to sell lands and people are going to sell property and people are going to sell houses and cars and they're going to come and sow into this house. And the Lord says, I'm going to uh, arrest people's attention about relocating to this region. And this region will be like a well-watered garden and the vision that you have have for revival in this region will be established says the Lord because I've called this house to be a house of revival in this region says the Lord I am doing a new thing in this house says the Lord and I'm doing a new thing through this family I'm doing a new thing through you and things that you've believed for and things that you've uh, declared in prayer and prophesied the Lord says it shall be established before you you shall see it before your eyes you're coming into a kairos moment you're coming into a time and a season, says the Lord, where things that have been in your heart in the unseen realm will be seen in the visible realm. Father, I thank you for this man. I thank you for his honor. I thank you for his faithfulness. And Lord, I just confer blessing. Lord, we just release 
law provision and prosperity over this church. That it will have everything it needs, oh God, to do what is in your heart. I also saw that Dean in you is the heart of an evangelist. And I saw this evangelistic gift getting sharper and sharper and sharper. And the Lord says, I'm gathering evangelists to this house. And that's evangelism and, and, and gospel uh, proclamation and gospel ministry will be such a strong part of this church and strong part of this house. And it's like all the arrows will be pointed out to the mission field and all the arrows will be pointed out to the front line and that the power source of the presence of God, this will be known as a dwelling place of God and people will inhale and exhale, come in and go out, but all the arrows will be pointed out and there will be such an evangelistic anointing that is upon you that will mark others. And the Lord says, I've appointed and called you to be a doorway of salvation for many people to come in through the evangelistic thrust of this house. And Father, I just thank you, O God, for the grace and the call that's upon this man's life. I thank you, O God, that he is a runner in the spirit. That which you did in the natural was about preparation for the supernatural. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach good news and the Lord says I've anointed your feet to run I've anointed your ministry to run and you're going to proclaim the gospel and the gospel burns in your heart and you're going to equip a gospel people with a gospel declaration for, for, for the expansion of the gospel in this region and there is an anointing on your life I see the evangelists coming come on can we just pray into that right now evangelists come Lord rise up the evangelists in this house. Rise up the evangelists in this house, oh God. I see people being sent on the mission field and, and, and people being drawn to this house. People will relocate from the other side of the world to come and be established in this house. And people will be sent to the other side of the world from this house. This will be an apostolic sending house. And I, I just see the borders expanding. Father, I just thank you for Andrew and his family. I thank you. The Lord showed me that um, northern India and Pakistan are going to open their doors to you. And I saw you hosting uh, these insignificant meetings and events that, that, that needed funding and needed resource. And, and there are things that you are needing provision for to be able to expand into new territory. And I thank you, Lord, for the partners that they have. But I saw the Lord, and I checked twice with the Lord about this, and I released this over you, but I saw a, a significant gift being given to you of $100,000 released into your ministry and released into your life for the work to which God has called you to. And the Lord is no man's debtor. He is going to supply and he is going to provide. And I saw you taking a small strike team in and I saw that there was going to be armed security guards with you at these events, but the Lord is going to give you incredible favour in North than India and in Pakistan and I saw many thousands of people coming to the Lord and the Lord says I'm going to raise your ministry up not just in Asia 
and, and, in, and in Indonesia, but I'm going to raise your ministry up even into the Middle East. And the Lord says, I'm going to give you incredible favor in that region. I'm going to supply, I'm going to provide. And I saw one after the other coming and just uh, sowing seed and gifts into your life. There is a grace upon you to receive the seed and to take that seed, to sow it and to multiply it. Father, I thank you, O oh God, for the call and the grace that is upon them, Lord. Lord, release more to them today in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for my brother. I just saw this pure river coming out of your heart. You have such a pure heart. You help us see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And I just see you out of your own encounters with the Lord. We're going to encounter the Lord through your heart and through your ministry. Father, I thank you so much, oh God, for my brother who, who Lord, has just been leading us, oh God. I thank you for the authority that is in you. I thank you, oh God, that you, you, you talk and sung about the lion. There's a lion in you. There's a lion of worship. You're a, you're a lion worshiper. And, and it's like what's in you fills up the atmosphere. It consumes every ounce of darkness and turns it to light. And I just see light coming out of you and light emanating from you. Father, I thank you. When you open your mouth, light is released into people's lives. People who are bound in depression and darkness are set free by the light that's inside of you. Father, we just thank you today, O oh God, Lord, for the, the beauty and the wonder of what you're doing in the sanctuary. What you're drawing to us, O oh God. Lord, we say, send the lappers, send the lappers, Lord. Send those who would all in lap at the water. Lap at the water, Father. So many people are hungry and thirsty for the real thing. They don't know it. They sit in churches and they're dissatisfied in their heart and dissatisfied with religion. They're dissatisfied with the form of godliness. This house will do away with the form and reveal the power of godliness. And so, Father, we just thank you for this holy moment. We thank you, O oh God, for who you are and what you're doing. We thank you, Father. I thank you, Father, for my brother that you've opened up the nations to him. And I just see more translocal work for you in these coming years. You're coming into the most fruitful season of your life, the most fruitful season of your family, the most fruitful season of your ministry. And I see that nations, I see even Europe is going to open to you. And I see that you are going to seed for generations to come. Uh, ministry of revival, even in Europe, says the Lord. And, and you won't live there, but I see you going there on strategic trips. And the Lord says it's time for pioneering of new territory in Europe and the Lord is going to align you with certain ministries and leaders and, and almost like uh, generals of the faith in that nation that is going to, I see you ministering at, uh, in conferences there and significant events that, that are going to awaken and stir uh, a, a hunger for revival in that continent. I thank you, Lord, for what is on this man's life. And I thank you, Father, for what you are using him to do to raise up young revivalists for your glory. The Lord says, I'm sending you to those uh, almost like I see you even in 
uh, youth conferences and I see you even in significant sort of adolescent settings and it's like what has been happening with the kids is going to move to the adolescents as well. And Father, I just thank you for that. You have an incredible creative prophetic anointing on your life. And you see things uh, beyond the veil. You see things beyond the surface and you, you understand it where others can't compute it. You make sense of it and you align it. And it's like I see all the jigsaw pieces and you bring all the jigsaw pieces together to help people see the beautiful picture of who Jesus is. And so, Father, we just thank you, Lord, for who you are. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for your presence in this room. And I'm asking, oh God, right now in the name of Jesus, would you come, Holy Spirit, and be the, the teacher and the prophet and the revealer of the heart of the Father to us. God, we're so hungry for you. Come and script your word upon our hearts today. Make us more like Jesus, oh God. In your precious name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Come on, why don't we put our hands together and just honor the Lord. How many of us know there's always more in the Lord? There's always more in the Lord. Ecclesiastes 3. Why don't we just go there? I, I just feel to speak a little bit into this and then I'm just going to hand it back. And uh, I, I just think what begins... What began last night and what is being stirred this way, it's just going to build throughout the day. It's going to build throughout the day. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war. And a time for peace. Verse 9. What gain has the worker from his toil? I've seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also he has put eternity into man's heart. Yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. And I perceive that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful. And to do good as long as they live. Also that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. I perceive that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it, nor anything taken from it. God has done it so that people fear before him. That which is already has been. And that which is to be already has been. And God seeks what has been driven away. Times and seasons. Back in 2005... I received a prophecy from a man of God about three seasons repeating themselves in my life. A season of pruning, a season of preparation, and a season of productivity. And he said, just when you think that you can't be pruned anymore and no more can be cut off of you, how many of us know God will find something to cut off of us? God will usher you in to a season of preparation. 
In a season of pruning, God, God cuts stuff off of you. In a season of preparation, God adds things to you. He adds relationships. He adds revelation. He adds insights. He adds equipment in the spirit realm. He, he adds things that you need to be able to step into a season of multiplication, which is all about productivity. And, and as I looked in my life, back over my life, I've seen that not only is that prophetic word relevant for me, I believe it's relevant for every single one of us. We go through seasons of pruning and God's cutting and he's realigning and, and, and the sharp edges of our hearts and our ministries and our relationships and our lives are being cut off of us. But then there are seasons where he's adding to us and he's preparing. And I've just learned God doesn't cut something off of you to punish you, but to promote you into the fullness of what he actually has for you. And there have been seasons in my life where I've felt, God, the cutting has been deep. Has anyone ever been there? It's been deep. Circumstances, loss of loved ones, all sorts of challenges that have happened. And yet, as we respond, God would instead of man would. God can take what the enemy means for evil and turns it into good for our lives. That builds a sure foundation and a platform for us to be able to be promoted into the fullness of his calling and his promise for us. You know, our idea of fruitfulness is never-ending productivity. How many are just like never-ending productivity? It's like a continual harvest, all right? But the reality is, from God's perspective, fruitfulness happens in seasons. You, you talk to a farmer in the natural, you know, I've preached a lot of different places. I've, I've preached in pubs. I've preached in, uh, you know, um, former Nazi youth camps in the woods of Czech Republic. I, I've preached in, in, in uh, farmers' barns. I, I, I've preached in barber salons. I, I've preached everywhere. Have sermon, will travel. And so I've been in all these places. And I remember being in, in, in regional parks. Of, of, of country Australia and you talk to farmers and I remember one time preaching at a, a, a town called Nil. The reason it was called Nil is because nothing was there, right? Except a church, a Pentecostal church filled with the Spirit and so I went there to preach and there's two men and a dog and hardly anyone's there and, and, I, and I'm there and I'm in worship and the Lord says, prophesy and tell them the spring rains are coming. And I'm like, okay, what is that? Like metaphorically, spiritually, what does that actually mean? No, no. Tell them I'm literally going to break drought in this region. The spring rains are coming. Lean over to the pastor. How many of us know when you're unsure, just check with the pastor if the word's right. I just said, hey, is, is there been like a drought? He said, for the last two years, we've been in drought. Farmers haven't had harvest the last two years. And I got up and prophesied the spring rains. On the first day of spring, the drought broke and the spring rains came for three weeks and totally immersed and saturated that region. I came back 12 months later and now the church is filled with farmers and all their families. And I said, it's revival. What has happened? And the pastor said, yeah, word got out about your prophecy. And they all come back to get a new word for the next season. And the Lord I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? He said, just tell them again. The spring rains are coming again. And for two years, God poured out in weather patterns, spring rain. I want to tell you, it is time for spring 
spring rains to come in the spirit in this region and there is something that God is wanting to pour out upon your life but you can't have never-ending fruitfulness only in harvest seasons fruitfulness productivity happens according to the seasons of God God has a purpose for every season of our lives I remember when I was 15 years of age I had a crush on a young lady and I went and got flowers and wrote on a card went to a netball game and looked like an idiot on the side of the netball court waiting for her to finish her game so I can share with her my eternal love for her and I remember we went for a walk and we sat on a park bench and I gave her the flowers she opened the card I poured my heart out and she said I would just like to be friends and my heart was crushed and I'm like well you know plenty of fish in the sea so much for eternal love and and I walked off with my backside between my legs and I jumped into the car and mum and dad were waiting for me because I was 15 and uh, and there you know my mum's consoling me and 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 I was just totally devoted to this young lady 12 months later I was at an event this young lady was there I'd sooner not forgotten but moved on and she wrote a card and 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 she came with a big smile on her face and 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 said you know I've, I've just been praying I feel like it's time now to begin a significant and I'm like oh now the shoe's on the other foot isn't it now the shoe's on the other foot well let's just see how this works that took about three seconds of course I want to date you of course I I'm married to that lady today because there's a time and a season for every matter under heaven. You've got to understand in the spirit and in the scriptures, there's two dimensions of time that God has appointed. There's chronos time, the ticking of the clock, the turning of the calendar, but there's also kairos time. It's that God-appointed window of opportunity. And sometimes we live our lives by the ticking of the clock and the turning of the calendar. How many of us know God doesn't live his life by that? God doesn't determine the times and the seasons of our lives simply by the natural course of events in our lives. God is at work in the sanctuary in the times and seasons of God. God is at work in your family. God is at work in the worship ministry of this house. God is at work in your life in the times and seasons of Kairos. We have got to discern and seize the Kairos moments that are before us. One of the problems that our brokenness confronts us with is that we lack discernment. We lack clarity as to what God is doing. Thank God for gifts like prophecy. Thank God that we have a resident Holy Spirit living inside of us that can help us discern the times and seasons. Thank God for prophetic ministries and and for this, this open channel to heaven that we can actually discern what God is speaking into our lives. You need to know that one of the keys to fruitfulness in your life is to discern and identify the season that God has you in what is the season what is the time that God actually has you in right now in your life because I've discovered that ignorance of your season will cause disillusionment in your heart you know when I was an intern back in early 2000s in fact 2001 uh, and our church hosted a conference and I'd been preaching a little bit we started a youth young adult service at Forest Hill Shopping Centre in a community room and every Friday night we'd set 
up the chairs and go in and uh, several people would come and, and I was preaching, we'd record that. And I remember the pastor, you know, sort of talking with me and I said, hey, what, what do you think it'd be great if... I took my sermons that were on cassette tape. Does anybody remember cassette tape? And we actually packaged them and sold them. And I was a zealous intern. And I'm like, wouldn't that be awesome? And my pastor just looked at me, smiled and said, "Uh, you're enthusiastic, aren't you? And just said, hey, I love your passion. I love your enthusiasm, but it's not the right time for that. Now, I'm so glad I didn't sell any cassette tapes at that conference back then because I'd probably have to burn them all for the heresy or whatever it was that was coming out of my mouth. But how many of us know that certain seasons in our life contain certain boundaries? The wrong action at the wrong time will have a wrong outcome. But when you discern the season that God has you in and you apply the right action... At the right time, it brings productivity and momentum and progression into your life in the things of the kingdom of God. Think about Acts 1.6. Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Jesus said, it's none of your business. It's not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. In other words, sometimes we as followers of Jesus are concerning ourselves with things that God does not want us to be concerned about. He wants us discerned to the time and the season that we're in and focus our attention upon that and apply massive action and obedience and faith to what it is that God is asking us to do. If you align the right action with the right season, you're going to get the right result. What I would say to you today is don't misinterpret God's purposes just because the timing is off. That's really important for some of us to hear because there is a difference between God's purpose and God's timing. And sometimes prophetically, we misinterpret the purpose because we think the timing is off when it's like, no, his purposes shall stand in your life. What we've got to understand is the timing. I I wanted to be doing what I'm doing now in my life and ministry 25 years ago. Is anyone there with me? I I wanted to be traveling and preaching and planting churches and raising up spiritual sons and daughters and prophesying and writing and all this stuff 25 years ago. Right purpose, right call, wrong timing. And I had to learn the seasons of patience. Hebrews 6.12, it's through faith and patience you inherit the promises of God. There are promises that God has spoken over your life. He's spoken over this house. He's spoken over this region. I remember back in early 2000s prophesying, seeing visions of what God was going to do in this region. And I'm sitting here. There is no accident that your pastor and leader has invited me. I'm sitting here, standing here going, now is the time for such a time as this. This region is going to be aflame with the presence of the Holy Spirit. This region is going to be like a well-watered garden. I feel the anointing of the Spirit of God upon this region and upon this time and I believe God is raising you and you and this house up for such a time as this. 
There is unclaimed promises in this region. There are unclaimed prophecies in this region. There's unclaimed destinies. There are callings upon people's lives that are lying dormant, but they are irrevocable. They are without repentance. And God, one by one by one, like a magnet, is going to draw them to this house. And God is going to establish something in this region that people are going to say, it is marvelous in our eyes and it is the Lord's doing. And there have been people in the past who've heard the call, they've heard the sound, and they tried and they walked away, or they got disappointed, or they got discouraged, or they encountered warfare and, and they gave up. And I just feel the Lord saying, no, my purpose has always been the same. I'm now looking for a people that will discern the timing. The timing of God, the timing of what it is that I want to do. And one of the functions of fivefold leadership in a house is to discern the intersection between God's purpose and God's timing. This is why we need, you know, mature, mighty men and women of God to be helping to lead families of faith, to be able to help us to discern what is the intersection. God, this is your purpose. This is your promise. What's the application and timing of that? What does 1 Chronicles 12.32 say? Issachar had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. God, would you give us understanding of the times? How many of us know in, in the spirit of the world, we, we're in interesting times. I've had the privilege of serving our, in our movement, our national leadership for the last two years and sort of working with various political leaders and what's happening and it's alarming, it's concerning. I'm as, the more I find out, the more I don't want to know. And, and, and yet in the midst of that, God is actually opening doorways. There are kairos relationships, kairos moments where he's opening a door for us as the church to go in and to begin to actually uh, confront the agenda of the enemy and the timing of the spirit of this world with the purposes and the promises of God. Uh, we, we, we had... Um, I won't go into a lot of detail with this, and I wasn't even going to say this, but just to encourage you, we, we had several um, uh, pre-elected politicians come to our church, and we had a, a meeting with them. None of them had been elected yet, but they were trying to be elected at the state um, election, and uh, from different parties, but all people of faith, and all hungry to see change in our state, and God allowed us to begin to pray and to prophesy over them. All four got elected, right? And, and when they got in, they got immediately promoted with portfolios and with influence beyond their pay grade or experience, immediately. And then they said, particularly one of them who'd been given two portfolios and a high profile in a particular party that said, hey, we really feel like God's uh, given us a doorway uh, of favour and influence. Would you come in to state parliament and would you come into the entire chambers, including uh, the Premier's office, and would you pray through the entire parliament? And so a, a small group of us went in there like a, a, a Holy Ghost crack commando team and, and we went, we're, we're pouring oil, air, there, there's oil in that place, they don't know oil exists, right? We're praying, we're prophesying, I sat in that dude's chair 
care. I, I can assure you I prayed. And, 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 and I'm calling fire, not fire to kill them, but fire to fill them. And, 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 and we're there and we're sitting in seats where we know there are people in parliament who are actively engaged in witchcraft, trying to use witchcraft to usurp the direction of this state. And, and people who are using witchcraft to gain power and favour in parliament. It's absolutely happening right now. And yet God has got his secret agents in there who, who, who now we've got an invitation to go to every parliamentary sitting and we just send a team of intercessors and we intercede and we just begin to decree and declare and prophesy. And I'm telling you, there's change coming. There's a change shifting. Something is happening in the spirit realm. And the agenda of Satan is going to be undermined by people who know their God. They shall be strong and they will do mighty exploits. People who understand God has a purpose, but there is a right time. There's a right season. Is this helping anyone today? How do we develop the understanding through the times and seasons? You already know this answer, but we cultivate understanding through intimacy. Intimacy, intimacy, intimacy. God has made everything beautiful in its time. If God is the source of our time, we've got to be in constant communication with him. I heard an amazing story. I met a pastor in Adelaide whose um, mentor back in the day when he was in his, he's retired now, but when uh, he, um, when he was early in ministry, his mentor, his sort of spiritual father was a merchant sailor. And he was uh, a sailor who was actually um, due to walking up the plank towards a boat, you might have heard of it, the Titanic. True story. And as he's walking on the plank to the Titanic, he hears the Holy Spirit say, do not get on that boat. Turn around and walk away. And it was so compelling, it was so overwhelming that he literally stopped where he was, pushed his way back through the crowd and turned away and saved his life. Now, did God love every single person on that boat? Yes, he did. He desires that none should perish, but that all should reach repentance. He loved every single one of them, but maybe only one was listening to the voice of the Spirit. God loves all of us. He wants all of us to be. He loves all of his kids. He wants all of us. But the discernment of the time and the season and the moment and what you should do, the right action at the right time, comes back to our connection. Comes back to our intimacy. I love what we're hearing all through worship and what Andrew has brought. What, when Jesus taught us about the Holy Spirit, John 16, he's the helper who guides us into all truth. He tells us ahead of time what we need to be aware of. Do you realize you have an internal GPS system inside of you? God's positioning system. You, 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 you have a, an internal GPS and I, where would we be without our GPS? Where would we be without the voice of the, I'd be a mess. My life, my marriage, everything would be a mess. But thank God he's placed this gift and this person of the Holy Spirit in me. And, and intimacy cultivates this awareness. The closer you get, the better you hear. And the more aware you become of what it is that the Lord wants you to do. I, I think one of the obstacles to us really discerning the time and the season is we can get distracted by the temporary over the eternal 
And it's interesting that the wisdom writer says, God's put eternity into our hearts. You are hardwired for the spirit realm. You are hardwired for the eternal realm. And, and, and often we get so caught in the temporary circumstance that we forget God is eternal. He exists outside of the time and space continuum. Before we were, he was. After we're gone, he still will be. He is not subject to time and matter as you and I are. And one of the challenges for us is that as being new creation, image bearers of God, is to begin to live according to the new creation reality that is ours through Jesus. We're born of the Spirit. We're baptized of the Spirit. But how many of us know our minds, if they're not renewed, are still carnal. And so we can still in our minds, although our spirits are renewed, our minds can still be sort of, you know, trapped or restricted or blocked according to the temporary and what we've got to do is come into a place of having our minds renewed to be aligned with our new creation reality our spirit life so that we get out of the way so the Holy Spirit can have his say and that we don't get simply blocked in or cornered in by the temporary circumstances of this world we, but we as we begin to think like God his ways become our ways if we want God's ways to become our ways his thoughts must become our thoughts this is the privilege of being a new creation image bearer is you have access. You have access to a new way of thinking. You have access to a new work of the Spirit in your heart and in your life. And when we begin to connect into the eternal realm, into the spirit realm, we begin to look at our temporary circumstances from an eternal perspective. When things happen, we lose loved ones. And, and, you know, the reality of this hit home for me back seven years ago. It was seven years ago on Mother's Day weekend, my 59-year-old mother, a mighty fireball preacher of the word. Six weeks before, she was preaching at a pastor's conference in Darwin up in the Northern Territory. Six weeks later, I saw her breathe her final breath and literally I, I, I saw as we we're all there as a family around her bed I saw two angels come and and literally I saw her spirit leave her body it was a dramatic sort of encounter with the reality of eternity and I realized in that moment how, how when you encounter the, the eternal reality of relationship with God and the temporary reality of our earthly bodies, a lot in life gets put into perspective. And a lot of things we get concerned about, worried about and focused on just aren't important. They don't matter. But right there in that moment, as God began to open the spirit realm and show me things I'd never seen before, I realized all of this, it's all passing away. And there are things that I'd get so worked up about in the temporary that in the light of eternity mean absolutely nothing. Let us keep our eyes on the author and perfecter of our faith. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus and where they need to be let's ask the Holy Spirit to consciously help us to live with an eternal perspective on our life because we're going to be there a long time I love what Liam said if you don't if you struggle with a few minutes of worship you're going to struggle with heaven it's like it's going to be glorious but in light of eternity how should we approach the temporary times and seasons of our life And how do we live with eternity in mind? We follow the leading of the Holy Spirit rather than following our lead. You know, um, I think for some of us, particularly in 
certain parts of the church that the body of Christ that I've ministered in and moved in, we've become so enamoured with the art of leadership, we've forgotten the call to followership. And I'll talk a bit more about this tonight, but we've had a wonderful, significant outpouring in our faith community. And, and, and in the midst of that, I'll be honest with you, I recognise I've lost complete control. And the Lord's like, good. Finally. Right? And I'll talk about more about this tonight, but when you lose complete control and God takes over, you have no choice but to humble yourself like a little child and simply follow. And I'm there and I'm, I'm like, it's holy pandemonium, a circus. It's like, what, what do we do? And the Lord just says, just follow me. Just follow me. How do you discern the times and the seasons? Just get into the slipstream, the drafting effect of the Spirit. He goes before you. He's, he's opening doors. He's making things happen. He's, he's already got step one, two, three, X, Y, Z, all figured out. He's eternal. What he's looking for is people that will actually get into the slipstream and simply follow. We've become so enamored with trying to make ourselves something we've forgotten. If you just follow him, he'll make you something. Jesus said, follow me. I'll make you a fisher of men. And I tell people who are frustrated with their life and the times and the seasons, stop trying to make it happen. Just follow him. And when you do that, it's amazing what begins to change in our life. God loves you. He's intelligently designed you. He knows what best for you, for in him we live and move and have our being. We've got to follow his lead. And I just want to encourage you, don't put off till tomorrow what God has called you to do today. Don't, don't wait till tomorrow. I, I, I feel such an urgency in my spirit about the time and the season that we're in. I tell our congregation, I tell people, whatever you're going to do in God, you better do it now. I've made some massive, significant decisions in the last six months about stripping back. I had a random cat walk up to me in a conference and he, he looked at me in my eyes. His eyes were blazing and he just said, the Lord says, strip back. And then he walked away. I'm like, well, that's unhelpful. <laughs> but it's like when it hit me, boom, it just something went off in my spirit. And I've had very specific detailed words about this and that in my life but those two words stripped back have just been reverberating in my spirit for months and I have made fundamental life-altering decisions about who I'm going to be aligned with or what I'm going to stay on or not stay on or what am I going to do where am I going to go simply because I know whatever we're going to do we need to do now we need we don't need to force anything in the flesh, but if the Lord's asking you to do things, it's because he has something on the other side of your obedience that he needs you to be ready for. He has been preparing this house for what is about to come in this coming year. He's been preparing you, this conference, all of it. It's not by accident. There's a purpose to it. And we need to discern the time, the season, and the purpose that God has us here for. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't we just stand and lift our hands together? Thank you, Jesus.
I actually just I want to invite you just to just lift your hands and and maybe just just pause and stop and be still and know that he's God. Just receive. Just receive. Holy Spirit, you're in this room right now. You're the helper. You're the guide. You guide us into all truth. You lead us into deeper encounters with the Father's heart. You point us to the beauty of Jesus. And Father, we don't come to seek your hand right now. We come to seek your face. We're so hungry for you. We're so enamored by you. We want to be closer to you. And I'm asking right now, Spirit of God, that you would come, oh God, and in, in, as you have been doing and continuing to do this day, oh God, would you script, oh God, upon our hearts the word of the Lord for our personal lives? Would there be a sharpening and an increase of the discernment of our hearts to the time and the season that we're in? Lord, we need it corporately for your church, but we need it individually and personally for our lives and our families. You care about our kids. You care about what's happening in their world and where they're at right now. You care about our families and our work and our finance. You care about all these things. But Lord, as we look at your face, oh God, I thank you. You've already gone ahead of us. You've already made a way through for us, oh God. And, and you are, are leading us and you are guiding us into, as we sang and declared earlier, we're going in we're coming in to the fullness of your purposes for our lives and I declare that and prophesy that over every person in this room today you are going in to the fullness of God's purpose for your life in this season and I believe the Lord is going to sharpen and increase your awareness your consciousness and discernment of how you need to respond in this season of your life. God speak to people right now. What is God's word for you right now in this season of your life? What is God saying to you about what you need to action. Or what you need to stop. Or what you need to start. What you need to do. For some of you. You need to get moving. You need to start that business, start that ministry. Others of you, he's saying, stop, be still and just receive. Others of you saying, you need to warfare for your children. Others of you, he's saying, you know what? Actually, I need you to stand in the gap for your pastors and your leaders. It's time to warfare for them. Some of you, he's saying, you, you need to sell that and give that to me. Uh, others of you, he's saying, actually, you need to steward what you have and pay off that debt and get into a place. I don't know what it is, but he does, and he's speaking to your heart right now. And Lord, I'm just asking throughout this day, oh God, let that river, let that awareness of your presence Increase our understanding of the brilliance and gift of eternity in light of what we're facing in our temporary daily lives. 
We love you. We honor you. And we give you all the glory, all the honor in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, Amen. Come on, can we just honor the Lord right now?